Hello everybody, it's Patricia Noel-Drain. It's good to be back again. I took a hiatus and now I'm back to stay. Wanted to welcome to the podcast, When Passion Meets Profit. Now, it's been going on for a couple of years now. This is the new season. But you asked and we listened and here's what you wanted. Now, it's surprising to me actually. I can't get over it, but this is what you want. Some solo episodes rather than all interviews. I was doing all interviews, no solos. So I'm going to just share stories with you that really have teachable moments when I do these solo moments. But one of the things I wanted to do is introduce the title today and then share with you something before we start. The title is Acknowledge, Then Let Go and Surrender. It's easier to say than do. I'm sure most of you understand that at this point, but I'll share a few stories that really make the point, and I love the point. I have two free gifts, however, for you today before we start. I love giving away free things. The first one, you just go on patriciadrain.com, and there is a thing where you download my five steps, very easy steps, by the way, to discover your core gifts, talents, and skills. I can't even tell you how many people said, that was the easiest thing I've ever done, and I discovered so much about myself, right? Because we don't think about ourselves that often. We don't go into things that often. So that's one of my free gifts. The second free gift is really this summer, well, during the summer solos, it's going to be me doing the I Can See Clearly Now sessions. And what that is, is you will get more clarity around your business and your life than you ever have before because they're very intense, they're very focused, they're 15 minutes, and it will be with you and me. All you have to do is say Patricia at PatriciaDrain.com. I want a session. Isn't that great? I love giving free things away. But, you know, one of the things I was thinking, if you really are stuck and you really don't know what's next, I've been there, it's an awful feeling. This is a really nice, easy way and free at that to find out what that might be for you. On with the show. All right, my first story about letting go, but you have to acknowledge it first. You have to kind of say, oh, this is what it is. And now, okay, I'll let it go. Her name is Rachel Platten. If you have not heard of the name, she wrote the song, The Fight. And, or Fight Song, maybe it's called. You can Google it if you haven't heard it, but you'll recognize it immediately because it's played everywhere. But it's when I listened to her story, and it was so powerful to me because here she is, this very gifted story, no, songwriter, excuse me. And what, what was she doing in a hospital and a cancer patient? Because she could not get work. She wrote these songs, and especially the fight song, and she wanted to get it out to the world to hear this. And she couldn't. Nobody would hire her to do it. So she decided, I'll go to hospitals. I'll go to the cancer patients. I'll go to hospice. I'll do whatever I have to do. I want to sing this song all the time. So she started there, and she was really very small and not getting anywhere, by the way. And she finally said, (laughs) I love this. She said, I had a temper tantrum with God, and I was yelling and screaming, saying, are you kidding me? This is what you want me to do? You want me to play this small? No answer, no answer. I'm asking you, and she asked him for for several weeks, is this it? No answer. She said, okay, I give up. I totally give up. I let go. Just so I can sing my song, I will show up every day at these hospitals that need me, that want me. These people love this song, and they love me singing to them. So (laughs) she let it go. Remember, 
She accepted, or excuse me, acknowledged it first. Then she let it go. And three weeks later, she was opening for Taylor Swift. I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. These things aren't like not. These are the truthful stories behind acknowledge it, let it go, and surrender. Now, you have to know about Oprah, Oprah's story. I mean, that's, I don't think anybody on the planet wouldn't know about Oprah's story. But here's how it goes. Oprah bought a book one day with the color purple. And she handed it out to everybody she knew. And she said to every single person, I want to play this part. I think that she's Sophia in it. And I just want to do that so much. And everybody's, that's nice, that's nice. And one day she was called. This is before she was big Oprah Winfrey. She was called and, and they said, we'd like you to audition for this particular movie. She said, what is the movie? And she remember what they called the movie, but it was not The Color Purple. And she said, oh, okay, well, I'll try out for it. But I kind of was hoping to be in The Color Purple. So they had her come down and try out. And she thought she did a marvelous job, but heard absolutely nothing. Uh -huh. Have you heard that story before? I've heard that story so many times. It is the worst place to be in limbo, not knowing Good, bad, is this wonderful? Right. So she didn't hear anything. Finally, she called. And this lady on the phone, one of the secretaries said, no, you may not get through. And why are you calling me? You have no right to be calling here. Do you realize how many actresses you're up against? She started naming all these really cool actresses. And Oprah started feeling about that big. Well, I didn't realize I was up against all them. I just kind of wanted to get myself in the door and do this movie because it means so much to me doesn't matter. The lady could have cared less. Chang up and Oprah said, I just was defeated. I didn't know what to do. I hadn't heard from anybody, so I know I don't have the role. I'm up against those kind of people. Oh my gosh, I'll never get the role. I know what's wrong with me. I'm too fat. I'm going to go to a fat farm and then they'll like me. So she goes to the fat farm and she's running around the, the and saying, please, please surrender. So, and she started singing a song. I surrender. Yes, I do. And then she thought, no, that's not going to work. I think the thing that's going to work is if I say and really kind of in my head deal with the person that got the role. So she made up the person, whatever her name was. She was a big movie star at the time. And she went up to her and said at the awards. Now, this is all in her head. She's pretending. And she said, I want to say that was the greatest performance I have ever seen. You were absolutely perfect for the part. Congratulations. And she kept going around. I surrender. Yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, I love this story. Somebody comes running out uh, to where, the track where she's running. And they said, you have a call. Can you, do you want to stop? Or, oh, yeah, I want to stop. She goes in and gets the call. And he says, hi, Oprah. Steven Spielberg here. <laughs> she went, uh, yeah. Where are you? I'm in a fat farm. Why? I need to lose weight. Oprah, we'd like you to play the role of Sophia. Would you be willing to do that? And she starts screaming, oh my God, I'd love to do that. Are you kidding? I thought it went to somebody else. And he said, Oprah, the moment you spoke, that role was yours. We just didn't tell you because we never know that until the very end when we're really putting people into the show, into the movie. That's very true. But now he said to her, Oprah, do not lose one more pound. You go get an ice cream cone because I don't want you. I don't want you skinny. You have to be heavy in this part. 
she went out and got an ice cream cone. I think she got a lot more than an ice cream cone, but isn't that something? She just surrendered and just even I loved her idea of I can't surrender just by singing a song. I have to really get it in my own head about telling this other movie star that she was wonderful in this role. And I congratulate her. And then she could let it go. And the rest is history. Well, I wanted to tell you my story because I think my story is kind of unusual also. So I own this company in Phoenix, Arizona. It's an executive recruiting staffing firm. Now I made it up myself, did it myself, <laughs> and I hated it. Now the reason I hated it, I want you to listen to this part. I hated it because I took myself out of doing what I love to do, which was interviewing and helping and teaching people how to get out there and get a job. I took myself out of that role and put myself in as manager. Managing what I considered I was babysitting all day long. And that's all I did, put fires out and had a meeting and, and babysat. And I was miserable. See, I was not living my passion. I didn't even know anything about all that at this, this time. That certainly wasn't what I talked about. But I called my friend in, his name is John, and he was a business consultant. And he sold, bought and sold businesses. And I brought him in. We had a beautiful office at that time. I believe we had 12 employees at that time. I can't remember because the second one I created, I had 28. Why was I doing this? It's beyond me. I hate even telling the story. But I said to him, okay, John, I really want to sell. I'm, I've created all of this. I don't like it. They can have all the furniture. They can have all the employees. He said, are you kidding? You have nothing here. What? You have nothing. I mean, you go, the whole thing goes. You are the company. I said, well, my name's not on the company. The company's professional perspectives. <laughs> and he said, I don't care. You're the company. You'll get nothing from it. It has absolutely no value. Well, I was so totally defeated when he left. I believed every word that he said because he was the, he was a consultant. I mean, he was the expert, not me. And that kind of thing, I knew nothing about it. But here's what I said to myself. You're going to have to create systems of some sort because if you don't, you're going to be stuck here. If you create systems where this works like clockwork, then you can get out of here. You can come only when you want to. Okay, I'll do that. That's what I'm going to do. I created 27 systems and I and it did work like clockwork. It was wonderful. I could come and go as I wanted because I had somebody else run the meeting, somebody else get the donut, somebody else make the coffee, somebody else turn on the light, somebody else when they answered the phone, answered it professionally. You could have been a temp. You could have been a monkey coming into our office and you could have answered our phones because I had it that down as far as a system. Now, when I did that, I had already pretty much let go of, I can't sell this thing, so I might as well do something else. And then I get a call one day, and this guy says, hi, my name's Reggie Jackson. Could I make an appointment with you? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're Reggie Jackson? Okay, come on in. I go out to the lobby, and I mean, I looked at him, and he's a very small-bodied man, with a big cowboy hat on and cowboy boots. And I said, you're not Reggie Jackson. And he said, no, but it gets me in every single time. I can't help it that that's my name. <laughs> that was a really good thing. So he comes in and he says, of all things he says to me is, Patricia, we have been doing a due diligence on your company. Uh-huh. And we discovered with the systems you have in place and the way this company works and the billings that you're doing, we would like to have the opportunity to possibly buy this. What? It was so shocking to me. Now, t looking back on it, knowing that I had truly let it go, 
I, I believe John. He was the expert. No, don't do that. Don't believe somebody else. I knew there was value there. I just thought I couldn't sell it. So I was just kind of stuck there for the rest of my life. Well, this guy, when he said that, I said, okay. I thought, well, when I give him the financials, he'll change his mind. Nope. The big guns come in from Texas. They give me this offer that was like, you've got to be kidding me. It was 50 times more than I ever even imagined I could ever get for this office. And the whole time I'm dealing with him, I'm thinking, is this really happening? I mean, is this really going to happen to me? It did. It happened to me. I sold the company. In fact, he asked me, he said, Patricia, if you finally do decide to sell, how long would it take you to, you know, leave? And I said, oh my gosh, it would take me, I don't know, like two minutes. I could be out of here now. <laughs> I thought that was so funny, but it was the truth. I was so ready to get out of there because it was not serving me anymore. I was not living my passion. I'm not a manager. I'm a leader. I'm a creator, but I'm not a manager. So here's what I want to tell you. The moral of my story, actually the moral of all of these, is don't allow others to tell you your value. That happened with Rachel. Somebody saying, nah, your songs aren't good enough. No, no, no. Happened with Oprah. Hey, you've got other big movie stars in front of you. You're not anything right now. Right. Don't allow others to tell you your value. If you want to work with me, remember I'm doing this all summer long in this summer solo series. I'm going to be doing 15-minute sessions with you. I call them I Can See Clearly Now. I've never been more proud of anything because I have people leave there going, ah, I never thought of it that way. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Nolan Drain.